I stared at the black and orange corsage on Barbara Thomas's lapel so that I wouldn't have to look at anything else. I don't like funerals, and a while ago I just stopped going to them. I think the ceremony is a form of denial. And when my wife died and my daughter Katie informed me that she was unaware of any instance where going to somebody's funeral ever brought them back, I just about gave it up. Mrs. Thomas had been the homecoming queen when Truman made sure that the buck stopped with him, which explained the somewhat garish ornament pinned on her prim and proper beige suit. Next week was the big game between the Durand Dogies and their arch-rival, the Warland Warriors, and the whole town was black and orange crazy. The only thing worse than going to the funeral of someone you knew is going to the funeral of a person you didn't. You get to stand there and be told about somebody you had never met, and all I ever feel is that I missed my chance. I had missed my chance with Dulcie Merriweather, who had been one of Durant's fine and upstanding women. After all, I'm the sheriff of Absaroka County, so the fine and upstanding often live and pass beyond my notice. On a fine October afternoon, I leaned against the railing leading to the First Methodist Church, not so much to praise Dulcie Merriweather or to bury her, but rather to talk about angels. I reached out and straightened Barbara Thomas's corsage. One of the jobs of an elected official in Wyoming is to understand one's constituency and listen to people, help them with their problems, even if they're batshit crazy. I was listening to Barbara tell me about the angels who were currently assisting her with home repair, which I took as proof that she had passed the entrance exam to that particular belfry. I glanced at Mike Thomas, who had asked me to bushwhack his aunt on this early High Plains afternoon. He wanted me to talk to her and figured the only way he could arrange running into me was by having me stand outside the church and wait for the two of them as they departed for a late lunch after the service. I was trying not to look at the other person leaning on the railing with me, my undersheriff, Victoria Moretti, who, although she was trying to work off a hangover from too much revelry at the Basque Festival Bacchanal the night before, had decided to take advantage of my being in town on a Sunday. The only person left to look at was Barbara, eighty-two years old, platinum hair quaffed to perfection, and evidently mad as a hatter. So when did the angels pitch in and start working around your place, Mrs. Thomas? Call me Barbara, Walter. She nodded her head earnestly, as if she didn't want us to think she was crazy. As Vic would say, good luck with that. About two weeks ago, I made a little list, and suddenly the railing on the front porch was fixed. She leveled a malevolent glance at the well-dressed cowboy in the navy blazer and tie to my left, her youngest nephew. It's difficult to get things done around home since Michael lives so far away. As near as I could remember, Mike's sculpture studio was right at the edge of town, and I knew he lived only two miles east. But that was between the two of them. I adjusted the collar of my flannel shirt, enjoying the fact that I wasn't in uniform today, figuring it was going to be the extent of my daily pleasure. So the angels came and fixed the railing? Yes. Anything else? She nodded again, enthusiastically. Lots of things. They unclogged my gutters, rehung the screen door on the back porch, and fixed the roof on the pump house. Vic sighed. Jesus, you want to send him over to my place? I ignored my undersheriff, which was difficult to do, 
She was wearing a summer dress in an attempt to forestall the season, and a marvelous portion of her tanned legs was revealed above her boots and below the hem. Have you ever actually seen the angels, Mrs. Thomas? Barbara, please. She shook her head, indulging my lack of knowledge of all things celestial. They don't work that way. So how do they work? She placed the palms of her hands together and leaned forward. I make my little list, and the things just get done. It's a sign of divine providence. Vic mumbled under her breath, It's a sign of divine senility. Barbara Thomas continued without breaking stride. I have a notebook where I number the things that have to be done in order of importance. Then I leave it on the room divider, and presto. She leaned back and beamed at me. He works in mysterious ways.